Hey, this episode I'm really proud to share with you. I recorded this uh, audio only in December of 2022, just a year ago. And that was when this podcast was part of a different podcast platform as a segment called Southeast Iowa Today. And of course, as you know, it's now Southeast Iowa Today with me. And uh, this interview is with Santa Claus, Washington County Santa Claus, Dave Stouffer. And we had a wonderful conversation and I can't wait to share it with you. And it's all brought to you by Griner Auto Body of Washington, Iowa, using state-of-the-art techniques and decades of experience to get your car back on the road after an accident. Car Doctor of Washington, Iowa, no matter who Frankensteined it, they can fix and clean and customize it. Hinshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa. You need a trailer and they've got your trailer and they fix what they sell and don't in their full-time repair shop. McDonald Boneyard of Kyoto, Iowa for all of your farm equipment and auto recycling needs. Girling Repair of Winfield, Iowa. If your mower is dead, call Fred, your Husqvarna, Aaron's, and Gravely dealer, Andy fixes snowblowers. B&B Propane and the family of Jet Stops present Southeast Iowa Today. I'm John Bain, author of Christie's Journey, The Beat Goes On, and your host. We've talked enough. Let's get right to it. Host, on today's episode, I'm visiting with Dave Stouffer of Washington, Iowa. Dave, welcome to the program. Well, thanks, John. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas to you, sir. And uh, that's a special Merry Christmas for the folks that don't know it because I'm talking to Santa Claus. And uh, Dave has, besides being Santa Claus for 40 plus years, 50 plus years now, Dave has written five books, and they are The Reverend Mr. J.C., Old Songs, New Tunes, Book Two in the Reverend Mr. J.C. series, No Girls Allowed, Book Three of the Reverend Mr. J.C. series, Call Me Sam, Book Four in the Reverend Mr. J.C. series, and Are You the Real Santa? Well, that's, that's an interesting title for a book as a question, and I know who I'm talking to, and I know the answer to that. And Dave, just this type of year, this time of year, the Christmas season, what does Christmas mean to you, sir? Well, John, I'm a person of faith. My Santa Claus, for most of those 50 years, has been a person that could sit down and talk about the birth of Christ and talk about the toys under the trees and not have any problem with it. Um, Christmas for me is, is a time of traditions. It should be for all of us. It's a time for worship. It should be for all of us. And if there's a toy along the line, oh, and a cookie, that's okay too. I always got to like the cookies. You have a favorite cookie? I do. I, I actually invented one. I decided that Santa often likes chocolate chip cookies, and I do very much. And Santa often likes those cookies with the frosting on top. So why not put the frosting on top of the chocolate chip cookie? Yeah, why not? You can run around for days with that kind of energy. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, leap from rooftop to rooftop without the reindeer. <laughs> well, Dave, um, I've, I, what has brought what brought you to Washington, Iowa? I've I've started to read uh, "Are You the Real Santa?" and I have to tell our listeners that um, 
there was a couple times in just the short amount that I've read so far where I've got to grab a Kleenex. You've had some really amazing experiences in your life and in your Santa Claus life. How did you end up in Washington, Iowa, here in southeast Iowa? I came to work on the radio station, KCII, and that was a long time ago, uh, 45 years ago now, and uh, moved over here to work on the radio station, loved it, loved it, and met a girl and married her. Uh-huh. Darn me, boy, I did good with that one, didn't I? Yes. And I had a good time, and we moved away for a couple of years after we were married, and I worked on radio stations in Mason City and Iowa City, and then we moved back down to Washington, been here ever since. Been here longer than perhaps I was in my own hometown. And what is your original hometown? Fort Dodge, Iowa. Fort Dodge. And uh, I know in your book, um, Are You the Real Santa?, your experiences in, in uh, Fort Dodge were some humble beginnings. It was. I, um, I didn't want to be Santa Claus. I was a reluctant Santa Claus. Um, I was in community theater in Fort Dodge. I worked in a shoe store in Fort Dodge, a department store. And a lady who worked in the department store came and asked me. Uh, she had seen my picture in the paper for getting an award for the community theater. Would I come visit her granddaughter as Santa Claus? And I said, well, I, I don't do that. I had a, a, a Shakespeare beard at that time, you know, and it was brown. And I had hair and I didn't have a stomach. And she said um, she really wanted me to come and... It was very special, and I said, "Why your daughter, granddaughter could go out to the mall. There's a Santa out there. She said, you don't know, my granddaughter can't get out of her bed in the living room. She's going to die. And she wants to see Santa Claus. And I thought of you because you're an actor on the stage here, and you can go over to City Hall and you can rent a costume for $10. Would you please? Well, spent my $10, got a costume, came with a beard. Beard smelled like tobacco and the costume smelled like sweat. I tied pillows around my waist. I went over to the house. The beard was on top of my beard. It didn't look real walked into the house, there was a little ditch tree, you know, one of those little pine trees that sprout up in the ditch all by themselves, decorated with glinty things, no no real ornaments. They'd cut up aluminum foil and put it on the tree and a string of popcorn like we all used to do a long time ago. And there was the little girl. And I, John, don't remember what I said to her. I don't remember how long I was there. All I know is from her response to me, she believed I was Santa Claus in spite of the rough edges. And I left that house knowing that I would be Santa Claus again. And so 50 years later, my last year of Santa Claus was spent doing it Zoom. Um, it was an interesting way to do it. I missed the high fives and the hugs, but I got to do it. 
For the last two years, someone else has been doing it here in Washington, and they're doing a great job. I just really relish the years I had and the experiences that I had. And they are many. Read the rest of the book. That's right. That's right. Well, it's a, it's a great book. And it's, um, it's just amazing to me that um, I get to sit here and talk to you today. Because, uh, um, you know, when you said that uh, you would be Santa Claus again, you became Santa Claus at a point, And it's like, yes, you are Santa Claus. And once you become Santa Claus, even when you, quote, retire, unquote, you're always still Santa Claus. Well, John, when you look like I do, um, kind of pleasingly plump and <laughs> with a full white beard, it's kind of hard not to think that you might be, and it's kind of hard not to have people recognize you as such. Um, in my active years, uh, we would go to places and uh, go into a restaurant, for example, and um, get busted. You know, suddenly there would be some child at the table. I'm wearing shorts and flip-flops and a T-shirt, and he's going, Santa, Santa. <laughs> um, many is the time in, in Cracker Barrel restaurants in Florida that um, I would send my wife out to buy some peppermint sticks to come back to the table and and, and satisfy the young person who had busted busted me. Well, so. why, why wouldn't Santa Claus be in a nice, warm locale after, after Christmas? Exactly. And kids in town, um, kids in town, several kids in town, um, I'd put on the suit, I was Santa, I'd take off the suit, I was still Santa. And um, Scott Brun's son, AJ, um, I've known since he was a baby. He's now a senior in high school, and I'm still Santa. And when Scott is down here working, doing something for us, and his wife calls and says, where are you? He'll say, down at Santa's. Yeah, and she knows instantly where yeah. that is and That's who that right. is. That's just incredible. Now, um, what does Christmas mean to you, Dave? Uh, and it's kind of a, a big, a short sentence, but a, a big, big question there. It's the celebration of Jesus Christ coming to this earth. Short enough for you? That's just just that simple, isn't it? And uh, and, it's it a, is. and and what an incredible gift Jesus was for us. And all of the other things bracket that. Um, it it should be a time of celebration. It should be a a time of laughter, of fun, of joy. We have the other in in Easter later on. So there should be lights. We should see Christmas like children see Christmas. It's real simple to them. It's, it's black and white. No, it's colors. It's colors. Mm -hmm. And so there should be lights. And even though my wife doesn't agree, there should be inflatables. <laughs> and, and there should be trees. And there should be singing. And there should be the exchanging of small gifts with friends and neighbors to show them that you care for them or to thank them for something they've done for you. And it just should be a time of people loving and worshiping. And I couldn't agree more. And, and, it, and for the folks that are listening to this, I wish you could see where I'm at right now with, with Dave. I mean, we're in a beautiful home that is decorated beautifully for Christmas time. And I'm, I'm 
virtually sitting here talking to Santa Claus. And it's, it's a real treat for this 56-year-old kid to, to be able to do that, whose own children have sat on this man's lap and um, talked about their Christmas wishes and him giving them inspirational encouragement at the town square here in Washington many, many years ago. So it's just, it's wonderful. Um, Dave, in your book, you write, the first Santa appearance of the year is like running headlong into happiness. That's true. It was a job, a performance. From the time you walk into the Santa's house until the time you leave, four or five hours later, you're on. You are Santa Claus. You can't be Dave. And it's tiring. But all the kids are so happy to see you. Oh, adults are so happy to see you. Animals are so happy. Everybody's happy to see you. And it's and it's really cool. I've, I've had a couple of exceptions to that over the years where kids weren't happy to see me. Um, but for the most part, it is running headlong into joy. And what a, what if a wonderful three-lettered word joy is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I, I just want to go back and say that um, one of those bracketed things around the fact that Jesus was born at Christmas is um, toys. And this Saturday, I will be inviting the Washington Model Railroad Club over to my house to go down in the basement and see two rooms full of toys, my Model Railroad layouts, um, which now have all been put in one place and are operating. So it's... That's a year-round thing, of course, but there's a lot of things that people do at Christmas time. Steve Roth down the road here with all of his um, blow-molded Christmas decorations that he puts out. And always, every year, there's a picture of Steve standing on his front porch dressed in that pink bunny costume from A Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. and, and he's just as happy as, as if he had good sense. Oh. <laughs> Uh, he, you do have good sense, Steve. Anyway, there's just so many outside things that uh, that come in and help us to to celebrate Christmas. And I think I got uh, away from your question. Well, no, I think that was perfect perfect answer. And, and as I was listening, I was thinking Christmas time allows all of us to have the spirit of a child. And when you think about that, we're all children of God. Well, when you think about that, if you want to go a step further, Jesus told his disciples when he had a bunch of children gathered around him, if you don't think as this little child thinks, you're not going to the kingdom of heaven. In other words, little children are not born with biases or hatreds. They're born with an intense curiosity and a trust that allows them to trust everyone until proven different. We have so much trouble in our world. We have so much evil in our world. You know, it's easy for us, John, to sit here in, in this beautiful house. I agree that it is. 
and be talking about these things, but right outside these walls in this very town, there are homeless people, there are people with drug problems, there are people who are mad at each other, there are people who are going to hunt each other, and that's really, really, really wrong on so many ways. If we can all step back, even those people who are so disturbed can step back for a little while and think about a baby in a manger, that's not bad. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Dave, I want to talk to you about your books, your other books. You've got a series, four of them, with the Reverend Mr. J.C., Tell us a little bit about that. And I know that all of these books are available on Amazon, including Are You the Real Santa? And so tell us about the Reverend Mr. J.C. Thanks for the plug, John. Mm -hmm. Um, The Reverend Mr. J.C. is a Protestant minister who looks like one and talks like one and plays golf. Okay. And his denomination is about to relegate him to the back of the burner or kick him out altogether when they decide he needs a last chance. So they put him as the associate into a pastorate of a man who doesn't wear Florsheim shoes or Hart Schaffner Marx suits. In fact, he wears flannel shirts and jeans and he actually helps people. He does shingling and does plumbing and fixes houses so they'll be warmer in the winter. So J.C. then learns this spirit of helpfulness and actually becomes a full, you know, a real pastor, a real leader, a real shepherd during this time. And so that's what the book is about. The second one, um, now they are sending people to J.C. to be a mentor. And the first one is a fellow who is really conflicted, and it comes to find out that he would really rather compose and and do music for God than get up and do shingles and, and plumbing. The third one explores women in the ministry. And um, that was a tough one to write because that's a tough subject. The fourth one is second um, occupation ministry. In other words, Sam has been a very successful shoe person, uh, executive in a shoe company, and he decides to go into the ministry. And some of the problems that Sam and his wife, uh, Charity, face during the course of this time. Excuse me. Book number five, which we're working on, okay, uh, working title, um, Breaking Eggs, is uh, deals with the split of a church. Mm. And um, that's interesting because I've never been around a church that split, but I sure make things up. (laughs) Um, These books seem to be coming out of me because, well, I used to be a public speaker all my life, and now I can't stand up very well, but I still have stories to tell. And these have come out, I think, because God wanted them to come out. Can I tell you what my first book accomplished? Please do. My daughter and I had a riff some 25 years ago. We didn't speak for 25 years. One night, 
Rachel and I were going to the library to participate in a reading and book signing of one of my books. We got there early, but not as early as a couple that were already there sitting in the back row. I did not recognize this couple. Rachel went over and hugged the woman. And I said, who are you? Do I know you? And she said, I'm your daughter. Wow. <clears throat> wow. She had bought the book and read the book to see if she could figure out if I had changed. So if I'd never sell another book, the purpose that God had for that book was realized in my mind. And that's really cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, some pastors who have read the books, or at least the first one, have said that it should be um, given to each seminary student because it's kind of, almost kind of a workbook, almost kind of a um, manual, as you will. So it's been exciting. Um, it's been good for Rachel and I. It's a worship time when we write together. And um, it's just really nice. It's, Dave, I just really thank you for sharing all these personal experiences of yours and sharing them with the audience. And uh, it's just another example of why I want to do programs like this and highlight the people and the places of Southeast Iowa. And I really appreciate this opportunity today. And was there anything we should have talked about that we didn't bring up? Well, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, John, I'd like to thank you for the opportunity to be your first ever guinea pig on your part of this podcast. And it's it's amazing to me how far we've come in broadcasting. When I moved to town, we were recording on quarter-inch tape, reel-to-reel -reel tape, and when somebody did something like clear their throat, it took a grease pencil and a razor blade and some scotch tape to get it out of the tape and, and get it back. To, and now we're talking on your iPhone. Yeah. And just that simple, no microphones, no shh, no nothing. We're just sitting in my living room talking on your iPhone. I think we need perhaps to keep that in perspective as in all things changing to where they're simpler, maybe our lives could be simpler. Maybe our faith could be simpler. Maybe our attitude towards our neighbors and others beyond our neighborhood could be simpler. Maybe we need to think about that. He said it better than anybody could. And Dave Stouffer, thank you very much, and Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year, and Merry Christmas to you, John. Thank you. Thank you. This has been...
I told you that was a great episode. Thanks to Dave Stouffer, or as we all know him, Santa Claus. And this episode has been brought to you by Griner Auto Body, Car Doctor, McDonald Boneyard, Hinshaw Trailer Sales, Girling Repair, B&B Propane, and the family of Jet Stops. I'm your host, John Bain. Stay friendly, Southeast Iowa, and Merry Christmas.